0: Hey everyone, Gene Ginsberg here, super excited. I have a very special guest today on the podcast. I've known Peter for, oh, I don't know, about a over a year now, and we got introduced through a colleague, a mutual colleague. uh, Peter Holgate um, is from British Columbia, right? You are, is that where you are now?
1: (laughs) Yes, this is home now, South Africa born, but... uh... Canada's been my home for 20 years.
0: Oh, ac- excellent. Well, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you. This is this is very good for my low self-esteem gene, so you can just keep saying how fabulous oh, I am. Oh, well, I wouldn't did. mind if the whole podcast is just you talking <laughs> about
0: how fa- well we are going to get to that. We're going to get to how fabulous you are very oh, soon <laughs> here. But well, hold your horses though. We you know, uh, we we uh, we have to first talk about uh, who you are, I guess, before we get to how fabulous you are. So tell us about your background.
1: So, uh, born in apartheid South Africa and uh, came here 20 years, came to Canada 20 years after that. And, uh, in South Africa, I was a conscript, a slave. I was recruited to the army. So, uh, spent some time there in the military, um, spent some time as a police detective, uh, back in Africa. So fairly, fairly violent times and experiences. Um, and then started building some businesses about 25 years ago. And um, first business was an outsourced payroll bureau. I sold that off. So I see I got some in my background here. <laughs> payroll bureau. Um, and my last business, I raised uh, $12 million for at a $30 pre money valuation. And really, it was to solve this problem of electronic waste. So uh, put together a system that used large scale sound waves underwater to extract precious metals from waste electronics. So totally cool technology uses uh, electromagnets, uh, harmonic resonance, and solves a significant problem in the world. So exited that a couple of years ago, and uh, find myself in Canada with the batch of children. I have seven children, and a bit of education and some business knocks. So in a nutshell, I'd say that's a good description of of who is Peter Holgate.
0: Okay, well, I had no idea that you were a police officer back in South Africa. That How did you come go from police officer to entrepreneur? That must be a, a, a
1: strange leap. All right, so here's the story. So uh, as a, I was a detective, I wasn't a uniformed officer. I was actually a detective. And I ended up, uh, while arresting a suspect, uh, being stabbed by his uh, his accomplice. And I'm in hospital having my lung drained and all these things that happen if you've had a traumatic experience. And uh, the woman who was going to become my first wife said, listen, this is not a fit for me. If I'm going to have to visit you in hospital, not a good thing. You'd better find like a real job. So um, she, uh, she you know, gave me the kick in the pants I needed to. And I was sitting at a desk one day. So I, I started a job, right? I, I picked up a job collecting debts by calling people, telling them they're going to pay their money. I then, you know, uh, sold gym membership, same deal. Pick up the phone, call people, invite them in for a workout. I had a job with Coca-Cola for a year as a key account sales rep, and that was my last job ever. Told my boss where he could go and stick it, and I was officially unemployable from that point on. (laughs) I can understand that. It's
0: kind of how I feel now about being employed. I'm like, I don't think that would probably, I probably would get fired on the first day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would would say I, I, I was unemployable even before they took me on as an employee. I was a lousy employee. Um, and so uh, I'm sitting in this room, a friend of mine says, look, Peter, why don't you come and I've got this desk and I've got a phone. We still had landlines in the day. Right. And he said, look, I'm moving into this office space and uh, we're doing some renovations. They took out the drywall and they were putting it in. And I remember it was a Monday morning and I was sitting there pondering my fate. I'd left work the previous week and just walked out, just said, I'm done and uh, had no hope, I'd lost my company car, I had to give that back, I didn't have an income. And I'm sitting at this desk and the phone rings and there's nothing there, there's just a desk, a phone and a yellow page, a book with all of the companies in. And I pick up the phone and I say, how can I help you? And it turns out the number was still listed to a previous vendor for payroll software. They used to do this value added resellers service for payroll software. And the woman was needing some help with running her payroll. She had a militant union, 500 employees in a massive furniture factory. And of course I said, no problem, I'll help you. (laughs) Where are you located? What version of the software is it? And so I I put the phone down after getting her details, went to the company that sold the software, spent the next three days not sleeping, just memorizing this thousand page developers manual to make sure I didn't screw things up, Learned the tax code very quickly, the basics, and uh, went to her offices on the Friday. And hope that I didn't screw up a payroll because they'd burn a factory down if there was, you know, even a cent missing on the pay slips. So uh, that's, that's how I transitioned into my first real business from, uh, uh, from being an employee. So it was a, a fluke chance, a fluke occurrence that the phone ringed and I picked it up. Wow. Serendipity, huh?
0: Or kismet, yeah. I guess you would say, right? <laughs> One, Somebody calls, you pick up the phone and next thing you know, you're an entrepreneur, huh? Yeah, you have to have a bit of chutzpah to say. Hey, I guess I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I like that word. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So you were po- detective, doing payroll. Then you got into electronics, sold that business. So what? What are you doing now? Are you uh, creating rockets? Are you working with Elon Musk, and you're going to yes. figure out how to get us to Mars? Is that what you're doing these days? <laughs> well,
1: I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick story, and then I'll tell you what I'm doing. So. Um, My mom died, you know, about seven years ago and this prompted me to get into the electronics game and after she passed away, she lived in South Africa, I received a mail, a letter in the mail, like the old, you know, air air mail envelopes that were sent and it's all crumpled and arrived and took me a day or two to build up the courage before I opened this because this would have been my last correspondence with my mother, very eloquent woman, she very well read and she wrote letters that were, you know, perspicacious, she knew what she wanted to say in them and the letter read, "Dearest Peter." I've just come from a meeting with Michael Musk, and in brackets, Elon's uncle. So, Elon's uncle, Michael's a doctor in South Africa, my mom went to see him. Michael tells me Elon has launched a rocket ship into outer space and then landed on a platform floating in the Pacific Ocean. How's your career coming along? Love, mom. So that was my last letter from my mother ever, asking if I was uh, surpassing Elon Musk in my uh, my accomplishment. So, so uh, evidently I haven't because uh, I'm not a household name. Um, so uh, what I found is Quite that- What
0: funny also, story about how you
1: your family used to know the musks, huh? <laughs> well, I think you know, in, in, in any part of the world, if you've grown up there, you're probably never more than one or two degrees separated from, from anyone. I mean, we, we're all probably, you know, in some way, one degree separated from any politician or any celebrity you think of. You could reach them in two phone calls or three phone calls um, if you really wanted to. So- um, So what are you working just, on now? Yeah, So I decided I I would take my 25 years of making horrendous mistakes and help other entrepreneurs not make those same mistakes. So I'm doing it in two ways. One is I've set a bit of time aside to coach a handful of entrepreneurs. I've decided to take on five entrepreneurs for the year um, and I only have one space left. I'm charging these entrepreneurs an excessive amount of money, but the value created is, is quite substantial and then help companies with everything from corporate financing, restructuring, uh, making strategic partnerships. So that really allows them to uh, escalate their growth in a stepwise fashion, not an incremental growth. So leveraging what I did um, without the entrepreneur having to learn these lessons themselves. So having fun as a free agent out there, just uh, looking for those exceptional entrepreneurs, those ones who are really going to make an impact in the world. Um, if you just want to sell adwords or yeah do something which is not consequential, then yeah let's not waste our time connecting. Don Valentine gave an interview. So Don Valentine was one of the first investors in Apple. He gave an interview some time back when he said, look I've made my money and now I only invest in uh, enterprises which are going to be consequential in the world. So I'm only looking to connect with entrepreneurs who understand the meaning of that to just have a conversation to say hey. Is it worth our while having a conversation? And if not, no problem, no harm, no foul. Absolutely.
0: So what kinds of things do you do for these entrepreneurs? Um, I mean, are you scaling their businesses? Are you doing operations, sales, marketing, all <laughs> so, of it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I believe the world exists on three planes, right? So the, the most basic plane that everyone lives on is the plane of function gene. So everyone exists in this world of function. I want A for B, you wanna lose weight, you know, exercise more, eat less, and yet no one loses weight. So I think we're missing something in the the world. And uh, the sort of highest plane in Eastern philosophy is the will, the purpose, the drive. Do you have the ambition? Is there a meaning behind what you do? And the middle piece, which I think we're missing, is the world of relations. It's called being, function, being, will. So in this world of being, I don't try and do it all myself. In fact, quite the contrary. I have a deep enough understanding of how to get sales going, who should be there, what should happen. But I believe the best success is driven by connections and relationships, genuine, meaningful relationships. So I don't try to do it myself, but I try to make sure that the entrepreneur, is connected and is able to build the right relationships. If you think about your life, every time there's been a significant change, it's almost always because somebody came into your life. Someone arrived and said, hey, have you thought about this? Or why haven't you done that? Or you had a clash with somebody. It's almost always the interaction with a person that changes the direction, changes the trajectory of a business and not the function piece. In other words, there are billions of patents out there And it's when somebody connects with somebody else and says, hey, let's get together. Let's raise some money, i.e. connect with somebody else that allows you to take an idea, a concept and turn it into a business. Without that, you just sit with a bunch of functional items, a bunch of patents and cool ideas. So I spend my time really helping entrepreneurs understand how to leverage these connections, these relationships, which ones they should have in their business and then facilitate some of the functional stuff that comes out of that. So if you're scaling up and you need growth capital you can find growth capital anywhere but finding the right aligned capital is a function of the right relationship so i could introduce you to 100 people who could fund your business but which is the right one for your business so when it comes to scaling you need a sales manager well I know the right person who can help you find the right sales manager so it's a question of really leveraging these these relationships to help entrepreneurs grow whether it's rapid scaling up, whether it's an exit, I've exited six times. So if you need to exit from your business, yeah, I know the basic process gone through it enough, but I know the relationships of the right people to have on your team to allow you to have the best exit possible. How do you have that acquisition? How do you go and consolidate an industry? I've done it once, I'm not an expert, but I know the right people to have on your team. So I believe that my role is really facilitating the being piece for entrepreneurs in terms of how they grow and scale businesses' business gene, it doesn't matter whether you're building a Hyperloop in the desert. Uh, you know, like Elon Musk is doing, let's come back to Elon, or whether you're growing a digital marketing business. Fundamentally, the function that you bring within the digital marketing game is, is what other people can produce in terms of function. It's the, it's the being, it's the relationships that you develop, cultivate, and grow, both with your satisfied clients that you have and their connections that they bring to you, which determine the success of your business. That's my opinion anyway.
0: This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method monthly group coaching program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup online so you're i would you'd say you're a connector right that's basically your i guess day-to-day right
1: slightly (laughs) beyond a connector i think a connector is somebody who can send you two people or yeah i can connect you with so and so and i think it's still in the functional realm it's not it's not allowing the entrepreneur to build those meaningful relationships where somebody's going to have their back when things get tight So there are a lot of people who are way better connectors than me. I've got about 2,130 people on my LinkedIn and I've met most of them or had a conversation with maybe 80% of them. I've got colleagues who have 30,000 and they may never have spoken to the majority of them. But if you ask them for a connection, they can make a quick connection. So I think connections are still in that functional realm of getting the business really elevated to the next level. In my world, I met a very interesting individual. I met an Olympic medalist who had won a an Olympic medal as a wrestler in 1984. Six foot five, he was a beast. He he, he won his medal when he was 275 pounds of ripped, lean human meat. So I meet this individual randomly on a boat off the off the beach in uh, Puerto Vallarta. We were going away to a little retreat, and of course I wanted to get in shape. So we got talking, and I invite him to come and live with me for a year. So, hey Bob come and move in with me. I didn't ask my wife. I told her after the time. I've invited Bob to come and live with us. And having this individual in my life changed so many things. Helped me realize I'm a lousy executive. Just because I'm the founder doesn't mean I should be the CEO of a company. Helped me understand where I can add the most value in the world. Taught me a whole lot of concepts and really changed my world. So I see it a little bit differently. I see it from the perspective of how do you go deep with somebody to really build that meaningful relationship? And it's a little bit different to how most people approach business. Most people say, oh, I've got some connections here, talk to them, that's great. Uh, it's not where I'm interested in. And I think, it's, I think it's almost commoditized when somebody does that. If there's a deep, meaningful relationship, when say your business is hitting the rocks, a typical lender or a typical finance crowd will will start to ask questions, will start to say, hey, do we need to put our people in to run it? On a being level, on a relationship level, it's different. It's, hey, how can, we, how can we chip in and help move this thing forward? Because we see this for the real long term. We see this as something which can generate significant value through the experience of life. So maybe not as cutthroat as most people. And yet I think I would rather have five meaningful relationships I could count on in business than a thousand contacts who are all very superficial.
0: Absolutely, that totally makes sense. So you mentioned that the businesses that you want to connect with or, or that you currently work with are making some sort of impact. So can you share uh, any the businesses that you're currently working with or have worked with recently that just talks about the
1: impact, impact that they're making? Yeah, and, and impact, impact is like beauty. It's the eye, the eye of the beholder, right? So it, for me, it's more about the entrepreneur because the entrepreneur may go through several variations in their career. They might start in one area and go through the other i 'm helping an entrepreneur, for example, that wants to bring to life this virtual recording if you 've watched the this uh, star wars show the mandalorian it's it 's recorded like nothing else it 's done all on a virtual screen it 's a twenty seven foot high virtual screen and yet they create these realistic experiences that are that are quite substantial so uh, he's building one of these that is portable that he can take anywhere around the world. So when you want to film, you can go to any location and not have to block off roads and you know consign the city to a shutdown from 6 p.m. to do the filming until the next day. Um, so why would I? Why would I partner with him? Well, because he's done something extraordinary. He's changing an entire industry. Or an entrepreneur that was the founder in the raw pet food game. And when you understand that pets die, you know five years sh- shorter than they should do because they're not being fed the right diet it's like wow these are meaningful companion animals why would i why would i want them just to disappear so it's more that there's a um uh, an impact and that the individual is open to understanding that there is more to them more to life than just this adventure so i'm helping one of them exit and helping the other one do something extraordinary in terms of already affected a change within the world now we have raw pet food seems to be a common thing but when she started it wasn't a common thing and so somebody like that yes love to get involved love to see how i can help you know double the size of a business helping a a crowd that does online music lessons people are stuck at home how do how do children learn music if they can't go and get a music lesson so want to have this fantastic platform that allows you to sort of attain freedom through music it's very powerful, I played a piano very badly and I taught myself as an adult. And I would love to have had this resource as a child to be able to go online, have somebody who's there be engaging and really make me uh, have that appreciation of love of music for the rest of my life. So if the company's doubling in size, which is which it did, it needs a lot of help to scale up because the entrepreneurs haven't gone through that journey to come and help them. So a a broad variety of industries, no particular space. For me, it's really the quality of the entrepreneur that determines uh, if it's a go or no go. Absolutely.
0: Um, Well, this has been a great interview. I do have one last question, and that is, what is your prediction for the industry? And I know that's a very loaded question. That could be your specific industry. It could be your client's industry. It could be you know elon musk and going to mars anything that you think would be the
1: prediction <laughs> <laughs> so i think we're going to see a rebound in industries that have a physical presence i think we've got this shutdown and everyone's embracing virtual now embracing in digital but i think we've evolved over the last five million years as a species to require human contact, pheromones, to be in the presence of other human beings. And my prediction is all these industries that are hurting now, whether they're entertainment, tourism, you know, bars, restaurants, gyms, it doesn't matter if it requires a physical presence after COVID uh, and whatever lockdowns and restrictions occur, I think we're going to see a massive increase in all those businesses. So that's my prediction at a very broad level on human needs need to be satisfied.
0: Do you don't think that that? things are going to change even things that if things are come ba- going to come back didn't you think that things are going to be different when they come back
1: uh uh you know i, I think I, I he says the cliched phrases i promised never to use in these unprecedented times <laughs> so uh no i, I think that, uh, that they're going to come back uh um, stronger innovation will be spurred by the uh by the uh, restrictions that people are faced, uh, fundamentally the world faces a huge problem. We're continuing to eat animal products, and these animal products are the reservoirs of vast viruses. We know this. This is not new. We have we have multiple breakouts that are not reported in the media year after year. MERS, SARS, COVID. All of these are are harbored within these um, these large agricultural farm lots that we seem to have embraced as a species. So my sense is until we have the consciousness to realize that if you aggregate so many animals in one space, when they're under stress, you have this perfect breeding ground for billions of mutations of viruses to to succeed. So I'd like to think that my prediction is good in the short term in that we'll bounce back from this short term restriction. But I think the next time one of these pandemics can pass, it'll be a genuine pandemic. Uh, I, I don't think people would be in the streets with masks if this was the Black Plague. Uh, people would go, oh, I'm, I'm okay to go out with my mask and, and go into stores. So um, my sense is that we are still headed for a, a catastrophic uh, viral outbreak, the likes of which we, we haven't comprehended. I, I think this COVID is a very mild uh, outbreak compared to Spanish flu, which was an avian flu or something like that. So my real take is at this stage we will bounce back stronger. And when the next outbreak arrives, which is, it's a certainty, it's just a question of when, then we'll see humanity start to to say, oh dear, this is a, 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 this is a real problem. Now we're going to permanently have to change our lifestyle. Wow, well, that is an interesting prediction. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, it sounds like... Doom can, leave all, can
0: leave all your listeners impr- depressed now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about something positive. How can people get in touch with you uh, if they want to learn
1: more or if they want to work with you? Um, what's the best way? Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, peter at PeterHolgate.com, my name and my surname. Uh, find me on LinkedIn is the easiest way to connect with me. Uh, I think LinkedIn is a great pro- platform, especially for professionals, business to business. and uh, yeah uh, happy to have a conversation around any aspect of business. No expectations. Hit me up and we'll connect. Wonderful. Well, thank you
0: so much for being on the show i I love your take on things and your predictions. It's really great to see how entrepreneurs are taking all of this and and kind of how they're interpreting all of this. So thank you very much and love to have you on next time. Thank you, Gene.